it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. so glad you have found your way to the windowsill. If it's your first visit, I'm so glad you're here. And if you found your way back again, you know I love that. Today, I have such an honor. I get to talk to my dear friend, Tammy Smith, and it was so great to catch up with her because we used to spend a lot of time together when I lived in Kansas City, some great adventures, but I haven't seen her in way too long. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me reference a friend of mine that on her first trip to Surtex, you know, did all the things she was supposed to do, but then brought her wire work as well. And that's Tammy. We talk about it a bit. She's just a bright light. Tammy is primarily a self-taught artist. Her dad was her earliest art teacher and her grandmother was her earliest mixed media teacher. She had her first business from the age of 17 to 20 when she started making large scale stained glass windows in her parents' basement. You know, I think all of us can relate to the fact that we don't just do one thing. And I love that Tammy shows us this so well. She took occasional art classes after high school. And in one of those classes, she met someone who said she should show her portfolio to Hallmark. She just had loose sketches, but she did what was suggested and got hired on. She worked her way up to an original artist position, creating giftware, partyware, all those sorts of things, and then became an art director. She illustrated children's books, did some freelance editorial illustration, surface pattern design. And then after Hallmark, she began her true work of making all sorts of things. But specifically, she started right after with mixed media wire and clay sculptures that she sold at art fairs. And she didn't only sell them, but she won best of show for wire and clay mixed art, both at the Plaza Art Fair and New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Fest. And she says thinking up a new concept is her favorite part of the process. Tammy was seeking a more stable path, so she began her current online business, Tammy Smith Design, which consists of her line of city, country, and state illustrations printed on a variety of home goods. After years away from ceramics, we're all the luckier because Tammy recently got another kiln and began Small Ideas Studio, where she makes and sells small sculptures online or in select stores, museum shops, and galleries. So that's a bit about Tammy, but you've heard enough from me. Let's get into it. Tammy Smith, I'm so glad you're here. Hey. Now we we go way back, which is really a treat for me to be able to talk to you here. Yeah, this will be fun. Well, you know, I remember the very first time, I don't think I knew you at Hallmark before or knew of you, but I hadn't met you before. It was a December craft show in Liberty. 
and you had oh, your right. Right. Do you remember? That? <laughs> yeah, I forgot my circus theme stuff. Your circus theme, and it was I was a wire. I mean, I was a wire per love doing things in wire, and there you were with your circus theme and the little birds, and I was just like, "Who is this woman? What is she doing? She's blowing my mind." Yeah. Oh God, I totally forgot that. And I still have your little wire chair sitting on my mantle. That Aww. You made. And look at you now. I it, I just love the fact that I, or people that have known each other for a while and kind of watching where that path goes and, and how it unfolds and how it changes by necessity and changes by passion and things like that. Right. Right. Which we will dig into. Yeah. But tell me a little bit about how you decided you wanted follow a creative path for lack of a better choice of words. How did you kind of get there? <laughs> okay. Well, it was kind of by accident. I, um, I did lots of stuff. I didn't go to art school. Um, my dad taught me how to draw when I was a kid and, and my grandma was always making lots of things from repurposed items like, you know, Clorox bottle purses and oh, rugs from bread wrappers you know it's funny because it was cool. very green <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Very green. Um, those are the kind of things I wish I would have like where are they now those right. would be really cool to see I mean bring those back mm -hmm. yeah so so I kind of grew up making things but I never thought I could make a living as an artist and I remember I was like 27 and still not knowing what I was going to do in life and I um got into art school, but didn't want to incur the debt because the debt would have been steep at yeah. our, at KCAI, which is the art mm -hmm. Institute. And I'm just like, I love it. I know it'd be a good education, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to saddle myself with that. So 27, I'm, I'm really at a low point and I'm trying to figure out what the heck I'm thinking. I have no discernible skills. <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, I might as well take a painting class at the local community college. I'd taken some other classes, one-offs. So I took this class and there's this older woman there. And she said, Hey, you know, have you ever thought of showing your portfolio to Hallmark? Um, they're hiring technical artists. And I said, I don't even know what a technical artist is. And she goes, well, just go, go meet this woman and show her your drawings and see. And so I did, and they hired me on contract, and awesome. they basically trained me uh -huh. how to be a technical artist while getting paid for two wow. years. And then I got a full-time job there, and I was there 20 years. And, 20 uh, years? I was going to ask you how long you were there. Yeah. 20 years. Wow. And then ended up an art director before I left. But it was it was the best um, paid paid internship I've ever had paid education. <laughs> so, so that just came out of just taking that one class though. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that was sort of a, just a really fortunate thing, you know, for sure. Art. I, I feel like we all have, I mean, art school shows up in so many different ways, right? I mean, you can call it, oh, yeah. you can enroll or you can live it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and to me, living it was, was more what I wanted to do. I had a stained glass business in my parents' basement when I was 18, made big windows for spec home for new homes and wow. did that for several years. And then just really didn't know what I wanted to do until this showed up. 
and being in a corporation kind of led me to getting my le- my artwork up to a more professional level, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful that happened. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know about how many, I don't know about corporate artist jobs now. I'm not sure how many are still out there, mm-hmm. but there's lots of other, lots of other venues. Right. There are lots of ways. And I think there certainly are some, but it's, it's very different because well, it just is companies aren't, right. aren't, have changed and aren't doing it exactly. the same way. And I re- remember for me, I had never known before I went to work for Midwest, which was what I did before Hallmark. Um, I'd never had a corporate job and I'd never thought of a corporate creative team. Like what is that? Right? What you is know, that? I remember going in my first day walking into Midwest and it was Katie Hackett's booth. And I remember look just the quickest glance looking in her and looking at her stuff and her creativity and her style and thinking, why are you here? Like, what don't you know you could do it <laughs> on your own? But you know, people who come up through that, that's the training so far to that point. And then exactly. ju- mine had just been different. Mine had been like, you just figure it out on your own and, and then maybe you switch over if you want. So yeah. Cause you had been like me, you'd been self-employed, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You know, cause that's what, or, you know, for me, it was having a design degree and then what do you do with it? I went into wholesale and retail. So that was, that was my training, right. but it wasn't, so I was surrounded by creativity, but I wasn't necessarily doing it myself. Right. I was selling other people's stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. So that was like, well, what do I do with Mike? Like, how do, how am I the one that designs the fabric or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, was that when you owned Relish? Was no, that, that was no, like right was out after. of right out of right out of college. I went and worked for showrooms because my mom was an interior designer, and so the, yeah. I had connections, right? So I went to work for a wholesale showroom that was representing different fabric lines and furniture lines. It was in San Francisco, so called CL McRae. And um, then I went. <laughs> the boring details, but I worked for, I worked for Pierre de, um, when it was still owned by the two Pierres and there was a little, I don't remember how on earth, like, Oh, I had a friend. I don't know how I got, why I ended up there, but I did. So it was owned by these two gentlemen that had, they were bringing Suliado fabric in from France and they were the only people doing that. It was, and it was also, I mean, it was very artisan based. The, the, beautiful French antiques, but the fabric was hand printed still. And the, and the right. other, they had um, beautiful glassware and other s- paintings and things like that. So it was very artist based. Um, but then, you know, that was sold this, this whole sort of path of me seeing like what happened when corporate would step in, it was sold to a French conglomerate. It was sold to a couple different companies. And I was still there like, wait, this isn't, this isn't what it was before. Who are these people making these like big decisions? And and we had seamstresses in the basement. Yeah. Making the thing, making the purses and everything in the basement of each, oh my gosh. of each store that the stuff yeah. was made there. And of course that all went away. And yeah. then they were like, do you want to, we need a manager in Boston. I was like, what? what? But then <laughs> I, I went to New York. I moved to New York with them and, and worked on. Yeah. So anyway, that's. See? Yeah, but you you just, it's a crazy little path. 
It is. And you learned how the sausage was made. You learned how, you learned it, how it the happened. sausage is made. And you, and, and you think yeah. it only is a couple of ways. And then you, right. I remember thinking, oh, corporate must have it all figured out. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you know, they have something figured out. Well, um, the bigger you get, the further you are away from the, from touching the real thing. Yeah, that's really true. Um, but then we got to work together at Hallmark. We did. You and I. Which was awesome. And we, and we got to create some lines together. So that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. I, and I, I think when you find those like-minded people that you can dig into a project with and have it supported by, that's the other nice thing about corporate is like, hey, let's let's do this line. And they'll, they're like, okay, just tuck that in the, in the thing yeah. we're doing. Exactly. So that's a good thing about corporate. And yeah, there's oh, just... Yeah. You know, the, the art world has changed so much since I, I was hired at Hallmark, but, you know, like I said, I was, so I worked at Hallmark 20 years and then I was laid off in 2009. Um, and as were quite a yeah. few people, it was, yeah. a, I think they laid off a hundred people a month that year. Yeah. And, that was um, staggering. That, right. Remember that was mm-hmm. something I do. And I just thought, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and I just thought, what am I going to do? And I was really at the time um, tired of doing the corporate art. Mm -hmm. And so I had started the wire sculptures and, Mm -hmm. and um, paper clay. Mm -hmm. And they were all kind of based around this trip I took to England where I was inspired by this old, it was, it was actually a uh, West pier in Brighton, England. And it had been, uh, it had been struck by lightning, I think, mm-hmm. and burned down and it was still out in the water and it looked like a giant carnival made of wire. That's like all that was left. Birdhouse. Yes. Bird and it cage, was I mean. black and singed and birds were living on it. And I just was arrested by that site. Mm-hmm. And I took a million pictures and came back and kind of just was so inspired by it that I did work around that theme for probably four years. Wow. You know, I, I'm sure you told me that, but I forgot. I don't yeah. remember that that was the genesis of the idea. That's so cool. Cause I, I'm right there with you. I can see that it was just the most curiously magical, like, what is this? Why is this here? And you, yeah. you did, you translated it I, I love that. I love it when an image sticks in a, in an artist's head and they just, yeah. read, that just feeds them for a long time. Yeah. There was something about the, the um, something about places we leave behind that mm. just really fascinated me mm. um, the abandoned places. And so that's what I set out mm. to create, but then mm. I saw, also had that Hallmark background. And so I ended up making it to where it was sort of um, uh I made some small pieces that were more, I would say on the realm, you know, more in the kind of cute family. I hate to use the C word, but kind of they're very saleable. The, yeah. Yeah. And then larger sculptures. And so I got out of Hallmark in, um, I think August. And in September I was in the Plaza art fair mm-hmm. here in Kansas city. And then big, one. Uh, big deal. Yeah. And then kind of took off from there and just so kept what doing happened, it. What happened at the Plaza Art Fair that year? Uh, so I won Best in Show that yes. year. Yeah. So oh. that was that was a big surprise and a real, ah, oh, man, I was like, okay, 
good, uh, good little boost from the universe saying, maybe this will be all right. You well, know, and, and, so and watching you this. watching that progress where I remember going to um, Succotash, I think we went for lunch and, and it was mm-hmm. right, right before you got laid off or either right after. And it's like, what, what am I going to, what, it was just that conversation right. you have between friends, like, holy crap. And, <laughs> and you had, and your wire things were small and sweeter. And um, remember I made, did I make some for you or made birds yeah. when it got yes, really busy? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, and then, and then you, you were given permission in a way because you were laid off and you had time and your work just blew up. You just, it felt from the outside looking in you like that all this had been just under the surface because they weren't, it turned big and brave and wonderful and amazing and articulated. And I still think of that booth at the fair and just like, okay, this is the best. I just want to stand <laughs> here for days on end. It was magic. It was magical. I'd never seen, and I've never seen anything else like it. Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment. Well, you know, it was, well, it's funny because when that, when that happened, I thought, okay, this was, this was such a huge boost. And then I started applying to other art fairs of that same ilk, like the plaza. I did for a few years, I did the art fair circuit, the outside art fair circuit, like um, New Orleans Jazz Fest, mm-hmm. and um, actually won the best in show there the first year too. So did that, did a couple others, and then just I did that for several years. But that's sort of a that I fe- I you know I I told you kind of I was thinking about what can I offer your listeners, like what yeah. would be a helpful takeaway. And one of the things is all the tons of different ways I've made money as an artist. I just because, love this conversation. Yeah, I've made so I actually wrote a list. I didn't realize there were so many. But with the art fair circuit, um, there's, uh, it's great. And some people are tremendously successful for many, many years at it. Um, I it's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. I had a, I had a son who was 11 and 12 and 13 yeah. at the time, he did not love going to <laughs> hang out in booths all weekend. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was that it was a big, it was kind of asking a lot of my and very family. physical too. very physical. Yeah. And um, so what happened after doing that for several years, I felt like I had said everything I had to say on, mm-hmm. on that theme. Mm-hmm. And I also just physically and emotionally didn't want to do those outside art fairs anymore. Um, you're dependent on the weather. It's right. a lot of, a lot of things, but then I started going to wholesale gift shows with the same line, just the small pieces and those were things I didn't realize were even there. That was a venue I found. And I forget what they're even called, but they were in Philadelphia and they were, you would sell to gift galleries. Yeah. It was um, the ACC show, American Craft it. Council show that's and the it. Rosen show. It was called in Philadelphia. It's called something else now. Right. Right. And um, I would go there, met a whole new group of artist friends. Yeah. So it was like an upscale wholesale craft show. Well, Right. And also I didn't do this, but I could have gone to the museum show and just had museum buyers coming through. Um, I actually got so many orders that I was so busy and that's when you helped me. That's right. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I had a I deadline. I can twist the wire. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gee, um, who can I find who will do this? But um, you were such a help. But yeah, that. Um, so that was another venue that I found that I didn't even know existed um, until I started getting into that realm. And then after that, it just sort of became a lot to make one piece of art, sell it, and it's gone. And I thought, you know, this might be time to look back at product development because your, that's your background. Right. That's what Hallmark had taught me was right. product development. And mm -hmm. so I started illustrating cities and I remember talking to you about it and I was like, can this really be a thing? And like, you were early, you were an OG kind of person doing different landmarks and things like that, illustrating those. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I don't know. Is this thing you go? Yeah, it's a thing. It's just starting. You should, you should do this. And I had done two or three cities and then started, um, ended up building out that and that I ended up, I still have that and it's called Tammy Smith design and it's 38 cities, um, 35 States, several countries. And I print them. I had, I had my business built to where at the time I was ordering all of my fabric from uh, Spoonflower mm -hmm. and then hiring. I had five, five employees at one time doing all my sewing and cutting and like, like Pierre do in the basement. It's yeah. like, everybody was just delivering to my house. I was going to pick it up. It was, it was a lot and it was yeah. a lot of work. Um, and that went well for several years until we decided to change that. And um, six years ago, we five years ago, I bought a direct-to-garment printer um, from Epson and started, put it in my garage. And now I actually produce all my own products at home. Amazing. So that saved me lots of time, money, and effort. And um, I was able to, I was able to do that. So so uh, another memory I have, and I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but you and Abby and I were going to, Spoonflower was brand spanking new. Oh, right. <laughs> and, yeah. or, but new and, but out long enough, they had five machines at the time, I think, because we did our research because we decided, the three of us, that we should start our own version of that. And so we did, because it's like, how could there only be one? And we knew mm -hmm. how much the machines cost to be retrofitted oh, yeah. and where they came from and what kind of fabric they pulled through and what kind of tech you needed to run. And remember, we went looked at that cool space. Remember. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then it was like, no, you need no more. You need no less than three machines because one's always broken and you need the guy to run them. And we were like, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> this all of a sudden got a lot more complicated. <laughs> like, I think we'll let them do that. Um but yeah. I didn't, I love that right. you, now you have an Epson in your, yeah. so yeah. how big is it? Yeah. How so, wide can you print? Okay. So, uh, I can print 16 by 20. So we do one piece at a time, but it goes really fast. Yeah. Um, so it's about as it's, it's about, uh, eight feet by five feet and it sits up on a table so we can just stand in it. It's like wow. at arm level, it comes out and it's great. The platens, it, it has like several different platen sizes. I decided to do this when Epson finally came out with this home printer that would print white ink and oh. white ink was a game changer because then you could print on dark fabric 
and you could actually see the design. Yeah. It would lay on top. Nice. And so I thought, okay. And it was a stretch. It was not a cheap machine, but I'm it was sure a lot, not. a lot cheaper than spoon flowers. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it would fit in my house. So we did that and it actually came with a person. They actually send a person out to train you. Wow. And so uh, Horatio, he taught me and he was great. And after two days, I got it. And mm-hmm. it, it's been great ever since. Well, and you were established enough in your business and, and we skipped a show because you you took oh, those yeah. things. Well, there was a couple in there. So you took those to the wholesale gift show, right? Those right. items a couple right. of times. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that, so again, you're expanding your market. So you, you have, you have knowledge of retail stores from selling your wire at those wholesale craft shows. Then you went to the gift show kind of level and then increased, you know, mm-hmm. got a lot more visibility from that. And then there was Surtex in there somewhere. Yeah. So Actually, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm I'm bad at doing things chronologically because I skipped. <laughs> okay. I skipped the whole I, children's book illustration, and we yeah, we can go go back to that. I love that because so many listeners probably are like, "Oh my gosh, that's me. who is linear." If we're creative, yeah. there's no linearness, right? Yeah, but I'm there's like, like shiny this. shiny paint over here, and <laughs> shiny wire over here. Not shiny. No, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah, not shiny, rusty, um, rusty. But yeah, so. Surtex came in when, um, and by the way, I had, I'd learned surface design. I had taken a surface design class from a woman named Cheryl Phelps, who is a dear friend of mine, and she's a great teacher. And she was teaching these night courses at the Art Institute. And so that's the only way I took a class at the Art Institute. Oh, wow. And she was a great teacher, taught me how to paint and gouache. And that actually was in my portfolio when I got hired at Hallmark. That okay. helped um, not anything, not that many designs, but a few. So I kind of uh, continued to do that at Hallmark, and I designed gift wrap and uh, party wear. Mm-hmm. And so gift wrap is all about repeats. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I did that. And when I left Hallmark, um, in addition to the art fairs, I was like, okay, I need to be doing surtex because surtex was like, I know this, I know this market. I know a lot of our friends had been going to Surtex to sell and license their products or their, their pattern. Yeah. So I did Surtex two or three years in a row. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, there are still some clients I have from that. There's still some calendars that are printed from that. It's in, you know, it's really, it's good. It's changed too, but Yeah. yeah, it's really good. I want to I want to hang out at that topic for a second yeah. because I feel like your style. So those of you listening like obviously T- Tammy has a three-dimensional style. I mean so many of us right who are creatives we we do the things that might get us a job but then we have like like I'm um, maybe I like 3D and 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 people looking from the outside in who aren't necessarily creative are like how can you do all those things? Well because we're we're interested in it, right? We find things right. that interest us. We use our hands. So that, that comes out in lots of ways, but I feel like your, your design style, your painting and, and, and graphic style is really recognizable too. And really you had honed that and be, been able to hone that, hone that um, 
because you were doing it for so long at home. Right. So that right. was a nice tool in your back pocket, which a lot of you listeners also have. You have that, whether you know it or not. Right. And and so then when I remember getting together at your first time you went to Surtex, because I had been a couple of times and, and mm-hmm. my thing for Surtex is you need to stand out because people are walking right. down that aisle. They're looking left. They're looking right. They might see you. They might not. So if you, if everything is at that point in time, yeah. nobody was printing their stuff on product. Cause the, the thought was if I print it on a plate, they're going to think I already made that plate and they won't stop. Like we got past that. But, um, so didn't we, I remember laying it out in your garage cause you printed yeah. things out, but then yeah. didn't you do like painted frames around them and fun stuff I actually like that? did. I actually did. I, I had spoon flower print out these huge portraits of women, um, that, right. that were sort of fantastical. They had these, this big hairdos right. with Amazing. like house of cards in them and stuff. And I stitched into the fabric, put them on oval, um, right. oval, I, I framed them with wire frames. I made the wire frames for them. They were big. They yeah. were like six, they were like uh, 16 by 24, each of them. And I put mm-hmm. those around like, it was sort of like a, um, it was super, almost like a neon um, classical weird look. I don't know how to describe it, but right. They, they yeah. sort of look like French Baroque, but they were in super bright colors. Right. And it showed your layering really well in your design style. And I remember having that conversation because it was like, well, I, I should only take this artwork because that's what Surtex is. And I was like, but you are a wire artist. You just won best in show. Like you're a wire artist. Yeah. And I remember you made that thing to hang your, it was a little wire chain and it was a little basket and it held your cards. Uh-huh. So That's you had, right. so you were at Surtex to sell your designs, but what got licensed first? Okay. So Anne McFarlane Brown came into my booth and she worked for a company called Studio M, which we know. <laughs> and, um, and she said, tell me about the wire. <laughs> and so that is what ended up getting licensed. First Turned off. into a whole garden. It was, yeah, it was like a hundred piece. Line garden collection with Mind blowing. Yeah. With hanging lamps and stuff. And, you know, it's so funny because I really think too, there's a good piece of advice to ask, ask other people, because actually, if you hadn't given me that advice, I would have been going on what I think people wanted to see and what I think Surtex meant, which was just flat artwork. And it isn't, it clearly isn't. So I would have done that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just have to have a moment here because you guys, what are people do? So there's flat artwork, but then so many people that walk through Surtex and this is why I teach a class, (laughs) turn it into product. And you, Tammy, were a product development person. I'm a product. So we think that way, but you, you guys, when you're designing product, it turns into product. It might be fabric. It might be flat very good chance is that it won't be, you know, it'll be maybe on a plate, which isn't necessarily flat. You know what I mean? It's yeah. there's, there's other things related to that. And I, and I think you're right. We go into something like that thinking, what do we know about it? Yeah. It's a, it's a flat art show or whatever, but it's not necessarily. No. And I was looking at all of my, all of the friends that I knew who were going and all they had 
was surface pattern design. So I thought that's what I want to do. That's what I should do. And so it's really true that, that maybe take what the one thing that's just an outlier, you know, that's just an outlier. That's just weird. Like you said, and you know, I don't think I would have known that because I'd never shot the show. When you walk the show and as a buyer or as an art director, it's different, I think, than when you're an artist in it. Yeah. Yeah. So you came at it from that perspective and that right. helped a lot. Mm. So, so that well, kind and of I think advice this, helped. The same could be said for a portfolio because I, I talked to yeah. so many people that like, well, should I put this passion of mine that's jewelry making or ceramics or whatever it might be in my portfolio? Yes, you should. You never know. And plus, it's it's you coming out. It's showing you and and what your passions are and what you like and what you're good at. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. No, it's so true. Another thing. Getting back to the art fairs for a second. One thing I forgot to say because you know we talk about. I, I feel like a lot of this, um, a lot of my history sounds like it was probably commercial art um, quite a bit, and it was, but. Also, I would connect in in each town that I went to when I was doing an art fair, I would connect with a fine art gallery Mm. and I ended up making some relationships I still have. Like in New Orleans, there's a gallery that would just take any artwork that didn't sell at the art fair and they keep it and sell it. So that worked really well. So that I never would have thought, you know, I I thought, oh, I'm not, this isn't fine art, whatever. Well, that again was, I was, I was categorizing things and that's what we're talking in your own mind right in my own mind I was like this is more commercial but but maybe maybe you aren't the best (laughs) judge always of what it is (laughs) you know because you're cutting yourself cutting yourself short right and if people are stopping and interested in what you do they're interested like they mean it and that leads me to another question I was going to ask you because I remember long conversations that we had about the follow-up that you then did from for in particular, Surtex, but yeah, can you speak a little bit to, you just mentioned finding a gallery in that town, like the follow-up, mm-hmm. the work it takes, or or just how you approach, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm doing cities and states, how do I, how do I Get follow up, or I, or these people stop by and left their card, or, or now it's yeah. like, I want to find this art buyer, but I'm sitting at home on my computer, you, I felt like you were really yeah. good at that. Well, thanks. The, the fine art galleries was, um, you know, I figured I kind of was like, you know, I, I have nothing to lose by going in and looking around some galleries and then, and then seeking out the, the owner or the, the gallery manager and just chatting with them and just saying, Hey, you know, I was just, I'm here for this show, which already says something you're in this show. It tells them that, you know, you're serious about your craft. You got in the show and then you talk to them. And most of them are, you're also, you're also doing something for them. Don't forget. You're giving them some pieces to sell that they're looking for new and different things. Right. Right. And, they, that's and part so, of their business. They have to. Exactly. And they love the fact that you came to them. They didn't have to search it out. There's no shipping involved. It's right here. I mean, it was, that's easy peasy. If they like your work, you know, it's great. And if they don't, you know what? I have now gotten to the point where I've at long last, I really don't take it personally. I used to for a very long time. And I realized that there's just so many people out there 
in the world and so many different tastes and somebody's going to love what you do. And, you know, it's not everybody. Um, But yeah. And then with now going back to Surtex, I remember I had a book and I kept all of uh, business cards and we would actually follow up via email and uh, we would send um, saying we, because I went with a group of, of other people uh, that were also freelance artist friends. And we would all kind of talk about it with each other. And what we would do is keep our books with our business cards in it. And after a few weeks, follow up, send them an email talking about how nice it was, reminding them what you did, maybe sending a little visual sample. And then just saying, um, would love to, you know, would love to get something going with you. Or we talked about, I would take notes. And if they talked about wire, I would say, hey, Anne, we, we spoke about wire when you were here. I really love talking to you about that. So I tried to make it more personal. And if they were a calendar company, then I would also, I would kind of do some sketches and send and go, Hey, you know, what about, I know you're looking at planning next year, or I'd ask when they were planning next year's product too. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. And then I would try to get dates down and write them down when I could submit artwork. Great tip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When, and what are you looking for at certain times of year? Because that changes too, you know, it does. I'm looking for spring at this time. And those, that's a great, when, when are you submitting? And then like you said, sending something to them that is relating directly to their business. Exactly that. I mean, not enough people do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, we, um, I think at Hallmark, I had done seasons for so long. I was used to, I was lucky because I, I did get the background in designing um, Christmas collections, holiday collections, you know, Halloween, Easter. And so I would, I knew that all ran on a production calendar. And I knew that that calendar was usually a year in advance or something or six months, whatever. And so I'd find that out, make notes, and then try to send them things. And, you know, you don't always have, you couldn't do spec work for everyone. I'm not right. saying that. Right, but, right, I, no. but I am saying that I would maybe send pencil sketches or some older artwork that I had and say, if the style is something you like, we could talk about it. Right. Or, you know, it is, it's looking in, I had that question yesterday, like, do I design specifically for, or, you know, what do I do? Well, they're noticing you because of the work you already have. If they license with you for something else, that's different, but it might be like you mentioned a calendar company, you could mock up, Hey, here would be your, I heard you're doing, you know, you mentioned you're doing spring. Here's a few of my pieces of art and you send them in that size format this would look you know just an idea like that so you're not right doing new work you're just showing people by what they see I know I say this all the time but if you show them if you like Studio M for instance I know I know when you did it was wire but you did those drink blots so those Mm -hmm. were those round coasters and if you said I know you're doing these drink blots or I know you're doing you know planters here's my art on one and they're like oh look at that instead of flat. Exactly. And, you know, I use that philosophy now, even because I've been approached by some of the places I've gotten my small ceramic work in. Um, They approach me on Instagram, but sometimes it's me approaching them. I see, see what they sell on Instagram and I go to their website 
and I really look at the type of work they do and the price range. And then if we're a good fit, I'll email them and say, Hey, you know, this is my work. Um, And I think it would be a good fit in your gallery. And, you know, it's, and then we see, you know, but yeah. yeah. So um, I guess I've gotten a lot less shy about that. Uh, But at first I do remember it being hard. I do remember that, but you know, it's a, it's an, it's an attrition thing. There's a percentage. Usually, usually it's an 80, 20 rule in life about a lot of things. And usually if you get out there and you have a big, a lot of contacts after a show, it might be 80% that get back with you. It might be 20%, but the thing is focus on whoever gets back with you because I, from one chalk piece that I had at a show, I think my second year at Sertex, maybe I got a calendar of 12 months of chalk work and it's still being produced, still getting residuals from it. And that was long ago. So, you know, who knew? You just have to, and you figure again, if they've stopped by and giving you their card or, and I know it's harder now because we're, a lot of us aren't, don't have the luxury of that and the shows have changed. So we're doing it from home. But like you said, right. Look at those people that you like, you follow, you feel like you might have something in common with. And once you get past that kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't reach out because every single, just like we're doing new work, every single business is looking for new work. They have to get a customer through the door and get that customer to buy something. So they're wanting you and you, they just don't necessarily know you're there. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So and, ceramics. Yeah. So ceramics. So ceramics started, I actually got in the first Plaza Art Fair that I did way long before um, I quit Hallmark or, or Hallmark. <laughs> I, no, I changed the, do you like that? I changed the story. I quit Hallmark. I think that's a perfectly <laughs> good story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. No, 20 years before I did uh, Plaza Art Fair and I did uh, large scale ceramics, I had a kiln and in my house, and once again, I think I took one or two um, ceramics courses and just kind of learned by trial and um, much error. And I did some large pieces, but it wasn't real sustainable for me. I did have a full-time job at the time. So that was about all I did then. And I kind of sold my kiln, got out of it. And then several years ago, five years ago, I just really started missing it. And I thought, I want to kiln back. I really want to do 3D again, but I want to do small pieces, small mm-hmm. pieces that are a lot of the ideas I have are small. And I've always liked that. And so I named it Small Ideas Studio. Love it. And I started doing my first, my first things I was doing were ceramic pull toys and they were little, little scenes and you could pull them on a string. Oh my and, and then little play sets for adults. I, I actually sold a, uh, it was a really large complex one of a bunch of cats uh, at, at a camp and the trees and everything all fit into the, and you can take them out. You can disassemble oh it or put them all in. And they're all watching somebody sing on a little bandwagon, all these cats at a camp. So, oh, uh, so yeah, so that was my first piece. And then I started doing smaller simpler pieces that became like, uh, just vases and things and things like that. I was contacted by Kemper museum in town, which is a, 
uh, a modern art museum here in Kansas City, and they asked me to be in their gift shop. And they wanted um, pieces that I make out of black clay that are real highly colored, and they're mm. all abstract. Mm. So they're just they're floral vases. So I I started doing those. So I do now. I have my work in about five different places around the country, and and the work I have is very different in each one. Really interesting. Yeah. So I love that. So I was just recently, I, I already told Tammy this, so there's not the aha factor, but um, I went to Alt Summit, which is a creative conference in Palm Springs. And then we went up to Joshua Tree and there's a gallery there that I've followed online for a really long time. It's called Hey There Projects. Oh my gosh. I mean, I I think it's my favorite retail space. I knew it was a gallery and that it had a lot of artists that I was very interested in or very much my style, but I didn't understand the store aspect of it until I walked in and it was so well done from the fact it just feels very um, current. And I don't mean like trendy current at all. I mean like interesting, very relevant people quirky. that are doing yeah. super quirky, but, but saleable, like the if you can't buy the $500 painting on the wall, you could buy the $3 sticker. You know, there's, there's great, there's all sorts of really interesting books and it just, yeah. it was wonderful. And there was Tammy's piece. There was one of her pieces in the window. I was like, I was so proud. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. So say how that worked. Cause that's another, uh, okay. you know, you never know how, what people are looking at. So you don't. So I was, so Icon Illustration Conference is a big illustration conference that a, a lot of you probably know about, but it was held here in Kansas City last June. And so I was in their roadshow, um, which is just like, it's, it's, a, it's a curated art show where a lot of, there's a lot of zine, a lot of, mm, you know, yeah. zine illustrators, a lot of people bringing um, prints, posters, and I brought my ceramics. So I was, um, honestly, I think I was one of maybe three people that had 3D pro ceramics there. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah. And uh, I met Lily Todd, who I've always been a big fan of her work. She came up and introduced herself to me and introduced me to her father, Mark Todd, and her mother, Esther Pearl Watson. And these guys, I mean, I'm a big fan of each of their work. So I was yeah. like, wow, this is incredible. And Mark um, told me that he runs this shop called Hey There Projects. I'd never heard of it, but I looked it up. I'm like, oh yeah. And he wanted to, um, wanted to buy all my, all my little, all my sculptures that I had at the show. So I, I, I pretty much sold him the, sold him the lock, stock and barrel. And he sold those in Hey There. And uh, we've had an ongoing and I'm going uh, nice, you know, relationship since then where I've sent him, let's see, I, I would participated in um, an ornament show. Lily invited me to be in a holiday show and then just now sent out uh, another order. So it's, it's nice because I always thought of, you know, it, there, some of these pieces are quirky. Some of them, I don't know if they'd sell everywhere, but I'm so glad I found a place that yeah. Well, that's that, that example of yeah. your people are out there and it's, you never know where they're going to find you or how. So it's, it's that multifaceted approach of 
yes, there's social media, but there's shows and there's a conference that I could put my work at. And I have friends that we could, you know, collaborate on something. It's, it's, it's just, there's many ways to, to go about it. There really is. And I mean, I have, you know, I've been in this business in the art business in general for a long time in many different facets. And I mean, I, I know how it feels to be at home alone, staring yeah. at a blank screen or to be staring at an email inbox that nobody's replying to. I get, yeah. you know, I've, I've been there and it's, it's tough sometimes to, um, to be resilient. And sometimes time just has to pass a little bit and you have to just move on and, um, and kind of just give yourself a little break once in a while. It isn't always easy if you're working alone. Um, but things do happen and they happen when you don't expect them to every time it's happened when I don't expect it to. So, you know, don't lose hope. And, and also like Margot said, I think looking for those, looking for those little, those little, uh, what's the word serendipities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you never know. And yeah. it's, it is, it's about being, I mean, call it brave, you know, where, Oh, you know, so-and-so I'd really like to, I feel like there's, their store would be great for my work, but you know, just do it. Just try it. Exactly. Exactly. Three things could happen. They could not reach out. They could say no, or they could say yes. That's a pretty good, that's, that's one of three. The other thing is they could say not right now, but maybe later, which I always used to think was they're, they're just passing me by. They don't want me. That's a no but it's nice. And that's wrong because it actually isn't always, if they mean no, they usually say no. (laughs) And and if they say maybe later, keep in Mm -hmm. touch, do keep in touch because you know, it's, it really does. You might produce something the next month. That's like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what Or their store is full or they're, you know, producing a spring and they need winter or whatever that you don't know. But if that is definitely that's one of my favorites, the, the number four, the maybe, maybe, but not right now, because that gives you time to like, oh, what am I going to present next time? <laughs> exactly. Haven't we all heard that before? Oh, but it's yes. like, yeah, but but I think I used to take it as no, that means no, and they're just being kind. But I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. So another yeah. thing we talked about, too, before we press go was um, studio mates. Yeah, this the the getting out of the house, which I yeah, you know, COVID has gotten us all inside and we're starting not to be, or we're not starting. We're not necessarily that way anymore, <laughs> but I think for many of us, it, it changed the way we work or it changed a job or whatever that might've been. Um, but you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. now that you ha- share a studio, that's really helpful too. Yeah. So I was home for probably nine years, nine or 10 years on my own after Hallmark. And, um, and I really never thought I could afford a studio, but we found um, I was renting a tiny little space with no windows um, and in a building that happened to be in the same building as Sarah Walsh, who I knew from Hallmark. And we pass each other on the way to the bathroom and kind of wave. And uh, then one day she goes, do you want to come down and see our studio? So I did. And then we just started talking about the fact that we both really wanted to move to a different studio. And she said, do you want to be a studio mate with me and Kristen? Um, 
Kristen Schultz and her husband, Colin. And I said, do I? Yes, yeah. please. So we found this lovely place, giant place in the river market of Kansas city. And we were very lucky to have it. And we were there for three years. And in that time, our, our studio mates changed a little, a little bit. Rachel Allen came in and she's a wonderful uh, watercolor painter. Um, and she paints mostly florals. And then now we have a writer, Tina Nydlin, who also used to work at Hallmark. Yeah. And the thing is, none of us do the same work. And it's really cool because yeah. we all know when it's like so nice to leave your house, to get up, get dressed, have a reason to get up in the morning yeah. and get dressed and leave. And when I come in, I may just say hi to them. And then we all may put our headphones on right. and work. But the thing is, I just saw somebody else that day and I'm just in different surroundings. Right. And it's funny how much that's lifted my mood and just helped, just helped generally with my work, I think. Mm. And we've, we've had a few shows together too. So that's turned out really nice. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we get along really well. I feel really fortunate that we're all, we all respect each other's time. And so, you know, we'll chat for a while and then it's business. (laughs) <laughs> I yeah, I love that. I think that's really important. And and whether it's virtual, you know, kind of a group that of friends right. you can check in with or something to make you, you know, get out of your sweatpants. Exactly. There's these things that I used to be in when I worked at home, they were called accountability groups. And we'd have them with friends. And you do that, you just chat on zoom. And it would be like, whatever, once a week, once a month, then it'd be like, these are what the, the things I said I was going to do. Let's see how much of them I've done. Yeah. You know, let's see how our goals are coming. I love that. So yeah. I, ju- I just want to like summarize. So your income streams right now are. My in- okay. My income streams right now are with small idea studio. I'm wholesaling work to um, actively about four different galleries. And then, um, and one of them is in Kansas city. The other three are uh, one's in Wichita, Kansas. And she found me online one is uh, in, oh, oh gosh, it's wrong. It's called wrong in Marfa, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> oh, I've been there. <laughs> That's a cool Have place. Uh-huh. I just, I it just it. came across I my Instagram because... this week because again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I love it. They sell t-shirts that just say wrong. I just want that. I want that. I want a wrong t-shirt, but uh, yeah, the owner there is an artist too. And so he contacted me um, so that's, that's one income stream. Then at home, I have my Tammy Smith design business and we do right now we're printing a big order for a local shop called made in KC. Um, and they have several locations here, but I also sell on Etsy and on my website. And I do a lot of business with, um, I do a lot of, I do a lot of wedding totes for women who are people who are getting married in, let's say Florida keys and they Uh want their names on a tote. So they'll take my Florida keys illustration and I add their names below. That's actually kind of come from Etsy and, uh, and social media kind of coverage that way. That's interesting. Comes from Etsy. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually Etsy or my website, but yeah, that's, so that's really the two main sources is that now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can, and you're at the point where you're running those the way you've made those work for you, you know? 
seems yeah. like. Yeah, exactly. I have. And when I go on vacation, I can shut down the Etsy shop. So that's been kind of nice. Um, You know, uh, it's been, yeah, the market's a little different right now. It's been a little slower on Etsy. So I've been trying to pump up my other business, the small ideas studio and do more ceramic work. Mm -hmm. And I do sell that online too. I didn't say that, but I sell it directly through Etsy, through small ideas studio on Etsy. So I do. um, So that's, I guess, like three different income streams. We always have to have a few, right? (laughs) I think it's important for sanity, for income, for interest level. And it's, it's just the way and, and one might change and another one might show up, but it just, it works. It does. It does. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So um, where do, where can people find you? Because okay. they're, they're already stopped and, and are looking, you know. <laughs> so TammySmithDesign.com is my is my uh, website. And then um, on Etsy, it's Small Ideas Studio and uh, or on Instagram. I'm at Small Ideas Studio. And Instagram has this new nifty thing where you can actually buy things right there in chat. So you can actually buy things uh, from people. They can buy them from you and there's no fees. It's awesome. So I've been doing some of that. Excellent. So So while it lasts before they change it again, (laughs) do that. Go do that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you know, I, I, there's about 17 other things I want to talk about, but we're going to have to do an episode two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That'd be great. Maybe we can do it live in Bashan. Oh yeah. Let's do that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll do a retreat and you can be the star. (laughs) You and Sarah. Yeah. Right. That'd be great. Tell me who's inspiring you these days. So I, I think I answered this question as, you know, it's more like groups of things are inspiring me. Yeah. Retro tech fascinates me. And I've made some ceramic pieces like off made from, I made, I've, uh, they're ceramic, but I've made old cassette tapes, Love that. um, old reel to reel tapes. Love that. Um, my basement, my husband's a musician. So the basement's filled with musical equipment. So I go down there and I'm like, I'm, you know, I look at all these old, and old, uh, old amps. So all, all that stuff I love. Um, so that also, vintage toys. That's why I made the, the pull toys when I started out doing ceramics, vintage toys are very cool. Right. Yeah. So good. all those things are so cool. And I just, yeah, I just, I think it's more categories that I'm really into and outsider art always Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. Always unschooled outsider art. I just love it. I just think it's the most real thing. You know, I'm remembering, um, I love outsider art too. And it, and if, yeah. if, if, if you're not listening from the United States, you might not know what outsider, art. how would you, how would you describe outsider art? Well, so I've seen it categorized in Europe as art brute. Okay. Um, right. Right. B-R-U-T. Mm-hmm. And um, so it can be called folk art, but right. folk art kind of got cutesy and, and kind of was preempted, very, made more commercial. Wouldn't you agree mm-hmm. that some yes, folk I, art was? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's not, not really the kind I'm talking about. And if you Google outsider art, you'll start seeing some people like, um, oh gosh, now I'm seeing him. I can't think Moses, of his name. Um, yeah. Moses oh Tolliver. Gosh. Yeah. Moses Tolliver. And yeah, I can't even, now I'm There's an amazing blank. museum in 
Baltimore, the Outsider Art Museum. Yeah. You've been there? I haven't been there. I've been to the Craft um, Museum of American Craft in New York, and it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so those kinds of things I just love. My work is not always extremely refined, and so I love I love looking at people. It reminds me to keep a freshness about it. Yeah. And not make it too perfect. I love that. Oh, thanks for all your insights, Tammy. It's just, yeah, I hope it helped spend time with you. I think it's, I think there's so many people right now thinking, oh my gosh, yes. I it's validating is what it is. It's valid to know that it's like this. I'm on this path. I've taken these courses, but this doesn't quite feel like me or what if I want to do this too? You can, you get to write it the way you want to write it and the way life is telling you to show up. So. Right. And it's not a straight path. It's not a straight path. <laughs> it's not a straight path. It's never, it still isn't. <laughs> Stay on it. Good things will show up. Mm-hmm. Good friends, good ideas. Right. Resiliency. Yes, <laughs> for sure. There's that. This episode is titled Resilience. Resiliency. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, dear Tammy, for being here. Yes. Great talking to you. We'll we'll do it again. All right. Thanks. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.